turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Bayonet Point, WTBN, Pinellas Park. Portions of this hour have been pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. Every false teacher does this in one way or another. Every false teacher rejects the authority of the Word of God. How? Well, some do it by just outright denying that the Bible is the Word of God. Liberal theologians do this. They deny the Bible is God's Word. They, they attack it, its inerrancy, and things of that, of that nature. Sometimes they reject the Bible's authority by twisting Scripture to suit their own preconceived notions, and cults tend to do that. But one thing every false system does, one way or another, and they may have different forms on this, is they appeal to extra-biblical revelation. In other words, they despise the authority of Christ by placing their confidence in some other form of revelation that they claim comes from God. Understand that. The Bible is not sufficient for them, even if they say they accept it. For example, the Mormons consider the Book of Mormon to be on the same level as the Bible. Muslims take the Koran as the latest revelation from God. Roman Catholicism places tradition and the teachings of the church as absolute authority. And they will tell you, by the way, that it's on the same level as Scripture, but it's not. It's above Scripture because only they can interpret Scripture for you. Scientologists have the writings of L. Ron Hubbard. And, and on and on it goes. Can you imagine the chaos of this world if we didn't have reliable, mutually agreeable standards of measurement? Back in 1999, NASA lost its $125 million Mars Climate Orbiter because spacecraft engineers failed to convert from English to metric measurements when exchanging vital data before the craft was launched. It's fine to have English standards and fine to have metric. There's no right or wrong as long as you don't mix them. The consequences are even more dire when it comes to spiritual standards. And on top of that, only one is right. Hi, and welcome to Verse by Verse with Pastor Steve Kreloff. Pastor Steve is the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida, where he's been serving since 1981. Over the past couple weeks, we have been examining a challenging portion of Scripture, 2 Peter chapter 2. Our topic is the dangers of false teachers. Today's lesson is the conclusion of a three-part message dealing with three general characteristics that we can look for to help us identify them. They are morally impure. They reject the Lordship of Jesus Christ, and as we'll see today, they reject the authority of the Bible. Most of the world rejects biblical authority. Even most evangelicals, I'm sad to say, that's according to the surveys I've read. False teachers not only reject biblical authority, they want to be the authority. Here's Pastor Steve to conclude his message on the 10th verse of 2 Peter 2. Now, we want to stop and consider something that, that I think is very helpful and important for all of us. When you're looking for a church home and you're evaluating churches, you ought to be very careful that the leadership of that church or organization doesn't have the same cult-like mentality. 
I need to explain. There are some Bible-believing churches who, while technically and theologically are not cults, because they've got it right on the gospel, they're not cults, but yet they tend to have some cult-like tendencies and traits in them, such as dictatorial leadership. That is something that is more prevalent than we might like to believe. In fact, let's just turn back to 1 Peter chapter 5, and we'll tie this together. 1 Peter chapter 5. Notice what Peter says about true leadership. Beginning at verse 2, he says, he, t- he writes to the elders of these people, shepherd the flock of God among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but voluntarily, according to the will of God and not for sordid gain, but with eagerness. And watch this, nor yet as lording it over those allotted to your charge, but proving to be examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. These verses speak of leadership that is not to be tyrannical. They're not to lord it over anybody. They're not at all. What they're to do is they are to come under the authority of Jesus Christ, who is called the chief shepherd. They're just under shepherds. They're not the boss. They don't lord it over people. They are examples to the flock as they serve under the chief shepherd, Jesus Christ. Jesus said it very clearly and plainly about the limitations of human leaders in light of God's authority. I'd like you to look at Matthew chapter 23. Now, it is amazing to me in light of what Jesus said, how many men violate this truth, if if not in, in name, certainly in attitude. Matthew 23, Jesus is dealing with the Pharisees, and he says in verse 8, But do not be called rabbi, for one is your teacher, and you're all brothers. Do not call anyone on earth your father, for one is your father, he who is in heaven. Do not be called leaders, for one is your leader, that is Christ. But the greatest among you shall be your servant. He's talking about those men who exalt themselves and have to be called by certain names and titles and and want that kind of authority that God says doesn't belong to you. There's only one true rabbi, one true teacher, Christ. There's only one true leader, Christ. There's only one true authority, Christ. So how can you tell if a church leader is being a good shepherd or or a cult-like tyrant? And and I want you to know that uh, there are people in our church who have come out of churches like this. There are there have been several families in our church that have basically come here to be healed spiritually. They've been so wounded by the abuse they've taken in churches like this. So how can you tell uh, about leadership? Well, one way to tell is you see that that true shepherds serve by example, as Peter said. They serve by example. First Peter three five five three rather. They are examples and they serve you by telling you what God's word states rather than by imposing their opinions on the church. Be very careful about a leader who states his opinion and puts it on the authority of scripture. Opinions mean nothing. What you want is a leader who presents scripture to you as the final authority. That's it. And therefore, this means... This means that you should be able to question their teaching to determine if it's biblically sound without the fear of being scolded or branded as divisive or even called satanic. 
There are some men who will not let you do that. They will say such verses, use such verses against you as touch God's, uh, touch not God's anointed. And they use that and twist that to mean that if I teach publicly, you don't have a right to question me because I said it. They will not tolerate anyone who questions what they said. Now, it's very interesting to me that men such as, and here's where I'm going to mention names, Benny Hinn and Paul Crouch of the Trinity Broadcasting Network have actually railed against those who have raised valid biblical questions about their teachings. Godly men who have raised valid questions about their teachings. Benny Hinn said this on a television broadcast about those who have criticized his teaching. I'm going to quote what he said. I quote, somebody's attacking me because of something I'm teaching. Let me tell you something, brother. You watch it. You know, I've looked for one verse in the Bible. I just can't find it. One verse that said, if you don't like them, kill them. I really wish I could find it. You stink. Frankly, that's the way I think about it. Sometimes I wish God will give me a Holy Ghost machine gun. I'll blow your head off. End of quote. That's a direct quote from a uh, broadcast. And Paul Crouch, who's the head of the Trinity Broadcasting Network, is just as vicious in his statements towards those who dare to criticize his teaching. He said this on one of his broadcasts about his critics. I quote, I think they're all damned and on their way to hell, and I don't think there's any redemption for them. I say to hell with you, get out of my life, get out of the way. And I want to say to all you scribes, Pharisees, heresy hunters, all of you that are going around picking little bits of doctrinal error out of everybody's eyes, get out of God's way. Quit blocking God's bridges or God's going to shoot you if I don't. Get out of my life. I don't even want to talk to you or hear you. I don't want to see your ugly face. Get out of my face in Jesus' name. End of quote. See, a false teacher demonstrates that he despises Christ's authority by establishing himself as the final authority. And that means that no one has the right to question what they say. That's a mark of a false teacher. Everyone has the right to question a man's public ministry. Everyone has the right to do that. As I said before, if you claim to speak for God, and it doesn't even have to be a public ministry, if you claim to say anything that... that um, you are a spokesman for the Lord. Anyone has a right to evaluate that in light of Scripture. And if it's wrong, then uh, they ought to publicly criticize you. Or if it's private that you've said it, they need to go to you privately. But if you have a public ministry, you're fair game. You've said it publicly. And uh, publicly, you can be criticized. Now, in addition, another way to determine if a pastor has a cult-like tendency is this. When it comes to authority... Godly shepherds instruct people to follow Christ rather than putting people in the position to be dependent upon them. Do you understand the difference? Godly men lead you away from themselves to Christ. Now, they may indeed be like the Apostle Paul and should be who said, follow me as I follow Christ. But that's not the same thing. The mark of a, of a false teacher is that he wants you to be dependent upon him. He wants you to think, and this is what the cults do, that you need me. You can't survive without me. I have to think for you. I have to do everything for you. That's why these cultists uh, are often have to be deprogrammed because they are brainwashed into this. But look at Hebrews, for example. Hebrews, just a few books back from Second Peter. Hebrews 13, which the writer tells us how godly leaders really are. Hebrews 13, verse 7, the writer says, remember, he wants them to remember those in the past, those who led you 
So there, it's, this is their leaders who spoke the word of God to you and considering the results of their conduct, he says, imitate their faith. They led them by showing them how to trust Christ. That's what he said. They modeled a life of dependency upon Jesus. That's a good leader. False teachers draw you to follow them. Godly leaders draw you to follow Christ. In fact, when Paul warned the church at Ephesus in Acts chapter 20, verse 30, he said that savage wolves will come from amongst you to draw away the disciples after themselves, after themselves. So be very careful about those who at first come across as strong spiritual leaders. Maybe they have dynamic personalities, but strong leaders or strong personalities, uh, charisma, dynamics, that's not the same thing as godliness. And I think we tend to think that because we live in a world that cares very little about substance. It's all, it's all about style and image. And, and when you carry that over into the Christian arena, uh, it can be devastating if you're attracted to somebody who just uh, can give a good speech, can have compelling words, uh, has a dynamic personality. Make sure they are not calling you to follow their authority, but they ought to be calling you to follow Christ and the word of God. Which brings us to really uh, one one more point. We need to consider one more way in which every false teacher and every false religious system rejects Christ's authority. We've already seen, and I realize this is not the easiest outline to follow because there's been a lot of implications and applications and all that. But number one, they despise Christ's authority by despising human authorities that Christ has established. That's what we've seen. Government, parents, so forth. Secondly, they despise Christ's authority by establishing themselves as the final authority who can't be criticized. But there is a third way in which they demonstrate that they despise Christ's authority in this. To reject his authoritative lordship, one must reject the authority of the Bible. The authority of the Bible. That's how he communicates to us. That is where his authority is is given to us. Every false teacher does this in one way or another. Every false teacher rejects the authority of the word of God. How? Well, some do it by just outright denying that the Bible is the word of God. Liberal theologians do this. They deny the Bible is God's word. They, they attack it, its inerrancy and things of that, of that nature. Sometimes they reject the Bible's authority by twisting scripture to suit their own preconceived notions and cults tend to do that. But one thing every false, te- false system does one way or another, and they may have different forms on this, is they appeal to extra-biblical revelation. Extra-biblical revelation. In other words, they despise the authority of Christ by placing their confidence in some other form of revelation that they claim comes from God. Understand that. The Bible is not sufficient for them, even if they say they accept it. For example, the Mormons consider the Book of Mormon to be on the same level as the Bible. Muslims take the Koran as the latest revelation from God. Roman Catholicism places tradition and the teachings of the church as absolute authority. And they will tell you, by the way, that it's on the same level as Scripture, but it's not. It's above Scripture because only they can interpret Scripture for you. Scientologists have the writings of L. Ron Hubbard. And and on and on it goes. And even if there are some false religious systems 
who don't have their revelations in written form, they still appeal to other revelation, other things they say from God, such as God spoke to me and he told me. I can't tell you how many people have said that to me over the years. Well, God told me to do this. God spoke to me in a dream. It was so valid, so real. It sounds so valid. And someone just asked me recently, what do you think about that? Well, I don't think a whole lot about that. That's, that's, not, that's not valid. God didn't speak to you. The canon of Scripture is, is close. God may use his word to impress things upon you. God may give you wisdom, but he's not giving you new revelation. So be careful about that. God spoke to me. I have a new revelation from God. Or if they don't do that, they might say, we have new insight as to what the 144,000 in the book of Revelation means. New prophetic insight. What they're saying is nobody's known this for 2,000 years, but now it's been revealed to us. And I'm not talking about new insight because, you know, there's been an archaeological discovery or we we got more insight about a a Greek or Hebrew word uh, or we know more about the culture and customs of the day. No, I'm talking about they're saying now God has shown us. He's revealed something new to us. That's, That's a cult. That's a false religious system. You see, folks, when Peter tells us that false teachers despise the authority of Jesus Christ, he does reveal the true nature of a false teacher because like his father, the devil, he doesn't want God to rule over him. He doesn't. And so he sets out to tear down God's authority and to establish his own. The government, the home, revelation, on and on it goes. He will rule over his own life. He despises Christ's authority. So what can we do about this? Let me give you some suggestions. First of all, be careful that you don't follow someone like this. If you're in a church like this, get out. Get out. I realize we have visitors here. We have people who listen to these tapes. Um, We don't know where these messages will go. If you are in a church like this, get out of a church like that. You are not to be under anybody who places their authority over the word of God. that's, That's just biblical common sense. Secondly, and I told you this before, be careful that you don't confuse a strong personality with godly leadership. These are two different things. Do, do not be duped by men on, on television who have incredible charisma. In fact, they wouldn't be on television if they didn't have that kind of charisma. That's how they hold their audience. Listen, if you're going to listen, listen to what they're saying. In fact, I wouldn't even encourage you to listen. But if you do listen, hear what they're saying. And when you hear men speak, Listen to this. Are they pointing you to follow Jesus Christ or do they present themselves as the person you need? You need them for a blessing. You need them to pray for you. That is often a mark of a call. You'll send in your money. I'll pray for you. As if if that individual's prayers mean more than somebody else's. Be very careful about that. You send us your money and and we'll put you on our list. We'll remember you. Sort of like we have a special connection to God. You need us. That's the mark of a false religious system. Let's bow for prayer. As we do, we need to consider the ramifications of these things in, in our lives. And the bottom line, as we are reflecting on this, we want to be quiet before the Lord. The bottom line is, There is only one master that we should be following. That master is Jesus Christ. 
He is the Lord. We don't make him Lord. We recognize his lordship and follow him. We surrender. We submit to him. Does he have your full allegiance? Have you ever actually committed yourself to following Christ? Jesus didn't call us to become believers. He called us to be disciples, to be learners. True believers submit to his authority. And all that that he establishes as authoritative over us. But unbelievers rebel. We all struggle with it. The, the flesh fights us. But we do surrender. If you've never surrendered to Christ, you've never trusted him as Savior, never trusted him as Lord, you maybe prayed a prayer, but you've been fighting him all of your life, then you need to recognize that you need salvation. True salvation comes to those who, who turn from their sin and trust Christ as Savior and Lord, trusting him to forgive their sins and coming to him to follow, commit themselves to, to his lordship. So if you've never done that, I, I urge you to do this. I invite you, when we close the service, one of our elders will be up at the front and you can speak to him about your need for Christ. But it may very well be that uh, you have either come out of a situation where it's cult-like or you are in a situation now, and you need to be discerning. It may very well be that you're giving your hard-earned money to, to men like this, and, and you ought not to. You ought to know what they really stand for. Do not be taken by smooth-talking individuals who have incredibly dynamic personalities. They wouldn't, as I said, they wouldn't get where they are without those personalities, but listen to their content. Do you go away from hearing them being thrilled about Christ or impressed with them? That's, that's really the issue. I'll give you a few moments to reflect on this, talk to the Lord, and then I'll close us in prayer. Father, as Paul said, perilous times will come, and they're here. Men will be lovers of self, he said, and we see this epitomized in false teachers who do love themselves. They certainly don't love you and they don't love their people. They love themselves and they establish themselves as the final authority. Lord, I, I pray that our people will be spiritually discerning, will be protected from error. We realize that Satan still walks about like a roaring lion seeking to devour people. And I pray that you'll protect our dear people. Lord, I, I pray that you'll help us to come under the authority of Jesus Christ and not simply preach about this, but we recognize that he is indeed Lord. I pray for all of our elders, our deacons, staff, that, that will always lead this church in a godly manner, being good leaders, but not lording it over the flock. I pray that you'll help us to always point people back to Christ, never to ourselves. Lord, may we say with Paul, follow me as I follow Christ. There's no one who's the final authority but you. And Lord, may your word be exalted, even as you have exalted your word above your name. Because we can't separate the authority of the word from the authority of yourself. Can't be done. So Father... As light has been given today, help us to apply these things to our lives. Draw to yourself those who still need salvation. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Whether we acknowledge it or not, we are the personal property of the Almighty. 
and he ought to be welcome to use us where and how he desires. I can't imagine anything more thrilling than to be invited to participate in some small way in God's eternal plan for the redemption of the universe. You're invited too, by the way. Have you asked him about your role? Are you obeying Jesus with reckless abandon? It seems counterintuitive, but there really is no greater joy than to submit to his authority in all aspects of our lives. Thanks for tuning in today to Verse by Verse with Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Verse by Verse is just one of the ministries of Lakeside. You can learn more about Lakeside, their K-12 school, and much more at www.lakesidechapel.com. Here's another website that might interest you, www.versebyverseradio.org. It's just the ticket if you just joined us in this challenging series about the dangers of false teachers. You can stream any of our previous broadcasts or download them for later. Back in the mid-50s, an Air Force transport was flying over Alaska and entered a fierce snowstorm. Ground control told the navigator that he had veered several hundred miles off course. The navigator refused to believe he could have strayed that far and continued in the wrong direction until the plane ran out of fuel. All five aboard the plane bailed out successfully, but they only survived a few minutes in the minus 70 degree temperature and the 50 mile an hour winds. That navigator's arrogance not only cost him his own life, but the lives of those he led. That is true of false teachers as well. This is Jerry Peterson. I hope you can join us for the next verse.